Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Triathlete Podcast. I'm your host, Ram, and today I have a very special guest on the show, Jonathan Canonizado. Jonathan and I met through the Seattle Green Lake Triathlon Group, and uh, we interacted at one of the potlucks where I heard about a really fascinating story of how he went about recovering from injury for his triathlon. So, Jonathan, would you like to start by introducing yourself? Uh, yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Canonizado, and uh, I'm a tr fellow triathlete just here to share my story. So thanks for having me, man. Cool. Um, so, yeah, John, I think in our early conversation, you told me a bit about what you do right now and how you got introduced mm -hmm. uh, to multi-sport and, you know, what kind of challenges you had as you were growing up. So would you like to just start by giving everybody a brief intro into that? Yeah, sure. So um, in terms of what I do, I'm I'm a medical social worker at Fred Hutch Cancer Center, and I just help with uh, mental health for patients, you know, going through treatment there. So that's my current day, everyday job. But the, for me with the self-care, it's the multi-sport and sport in general that kind of helps, keeps me sane. You know, just to kind of go back a little bit, I just um, got started into triathlon specifically after kind of getting burnt out from doing marathon running and doing CrossFit for several years. And um, it wasn't really anyone specifically introducing me to triathlon. It was more of me just kind of finding something new to try. And then I, f I saw the meetup.com uh, groups and I saw, oh, Seattle Green Lake Triathlon Group. Just went to one swim session, quickly got introduced to you know very nice people, Connie, Steven, um, and then it slowly grew from there. And after, you know, going to several sessions before really committing to a race, I did the, the I think the Lake Stevens triathlon was my first sprint. And I did that with Steven and the famous story of me getting dropped by him because my chain, I dropped the chain. He didn't really help. And uh, we shared at every single, uh, every single um, gathering that we have. And I'm sure we're going to share it again as soon as I, I see him again, because I, I never let it let him let it down of him passing me and then when i got to the top of the hill uh since i couldn't change the gear uh there was a cop going oh are you the dude that that guy was asking about i'm like yeah he goes oh he just told you catch up to him on the run and so thus started a very good friendship and a good journey into triathlon because I've, I've been doing it ever since and uh um worked my way up to doing uh an iron man and then several relay iron mans and a bunch of other races in between but great friendships with the people there uh since then amazing yeah amazing yeah i think uh you know we're not a very competitive crowd at a large scale but you know i'm sure there are internal rivalry rivalries like the one you just mentioned and you know oh, yeah. if somebody's got uh you know <laughs> street cred more than the other after a race so it's cool to hear about that um, I've been, so yeah you know, uh, go ahead yeah I, I feel like i finally got street cred after I did an Ironman relay, I think a year or two ago, and Steven and I caught up to each other on the bike. And it was just, I think, 10 to 15 miles of just attacking each other. I would go and pass him on a, on a climb. He would pass me. In the end, he had better capacity and, and better lungs, and he just kind of beat me. And I was like, all right, see ya. Uh, Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steven, you know. Steven's a different league. <laughs> You need to get him um, on the show. Like, look, yeah, he's, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, hopefully he can join us sometime. Yeah. Um, look, the path to fitness has not been a straightforward one for you. So do you want to no. just uh, walk through that a little bit? 
Yeah. Yeah. Growing up, I mean, I had a bunch of health issues, I think since birth. And then I was born with muscular dystrophy. It was misdiagnosed. Um, and uh, my, my parents were thinking that it was, you know, something far worse than that. But then muscular dystrophy led through like years of physical therapy and then delays in growth. So I don't, I didn't start really like walking and talking until probably age five. And then in terms of keeping up with social cues and things in terms of general growth and development, I was way behind and which caused, you know, some, some steep learning curves. So there's things that I really wanted to do, like, uh, you know, to be just a kid, just go play, have fun. And I couldn't really do that. Um, uh, there's a story of, of me crying at the bottom of a tree because my god sister Mia could climb the tree and I couldn't. So, I mean, there, there's things like that. But um, it went that way all through high school. And I would try to do activities that I had no business trying to do for the sake of trying to, I don't catch up in social cues and also catch up with trying to make friends. And it was really for doing things for other people and not really for myself. And it, it didn't really start happening until I think after college and college that I, I had to try to find fitness for myself just because I had, I got really sick, got diagnosed with cochlear hydrops Meniere's disease, which is basically fluctuating hearing loss, but I was already born with congenital hearing loss. So it was just my left ear that works at 50, 60% at the time. And, um, uh, it's always been a challenge in like social and professional situations for me to be able to maintain my hearing. And, um, uh, it was surprisingly my dad that got me into real fitness for myself. I was sitting in the throes of doing, uh, you know, doing steroid injections into my ear every, every few months and just being super depressed. My mental health was just in the gutters. Um, and he took it upon himself to kind of walk into my room one morning and was like, you need to go for a run because he's a marathon runner for him. Running is his stress relief. And he's like, I don't care for you to do a race or do anything. It, it had nothing to do with competition. It was just more of just do one mile you need to get out and maybe we can find a different way to help with, you know, help with just your overall mood. And we were, we were already resigned to the fact that, okay, there's a chance that the doctors have said, by the time I turn 29, 30, I would lose my hearing altogether. And it was, it brought a lot of fear because I wasn't sure I could do my career as a social worker. We were already thinking, well, maybe I could become like a medical coder or biller or, or do something that didn't really have to talk to people. We were already looking at ways to try to learn sign language, that type of thing. So uh, we were pretty resigned then. And I think I was, I was 20, 24 at the time when, when that kind of happened. And uh, so I relented because, you know, my dad was just, you know, getting on me about it. So I did one mile with him. One mile became three miles, then four miles per, you know, doing it regularly. I slowly started seeing the weight loss kind of start to happen and um, just my overall mood a little better, but the hearing wasn't improving. And then I, I, several months later, we just realized the treatments that I was getting at, with my previous doctor just wasn't working. We, we went down to San Diego and got a second opinion. And this doc just kind of changed the approach altogether. And it's going, you know, I know we've done the MRI scans and everything else, but did we ever do like full blood panels and everything else? And no, that wasn't, that wasn't what happened. So let's try something else. Let's have you work with a nutritionist. Let's try every diet under the sun, gluten-free, low, um, uh, low sodium diet, um, everything. And 
so once we started experimenting with that, then we realized the low sodium worked. And then he mentioned, hey, let's start having you having a, a, a diuretic um, daily just to kind of clear the fluid theoretically from the ears. And then that started happening. And then he, we kind of put two and two together. His plan that he had for me to just clear the fluid and have me on this diuretic for, for uh, the rest of my life. But then I'm slowly losing weight from like 230, 40 pounds at the time, all the way down to like one, 180. And it's like, okay, well, there's some benefit that you're hearing is fluctuating, it's going up. And then um, that just kind of that's kind of continued on. It went to the point that I then went from just running just for general health to now doing races. I'm I did a 5K race, 10K, 15K race. I was in North Carolina at the time, so it's doing all of these races. And then it slowly built to doing CrossFit. And then uh, CrossFit, you know, it became it had its own separate set of challenges of learning different skill sets and things. And I think that's where it kind of got ingrained for me to have that try attitude, which works well <laughs> with the title of your, of your podcast here. Cause yeah. I, and, and my handle for Instagram is John can try. It, it became like a personal mantra of mine. I need to, I, I thrive on having challenges for me to kind of, kind of continue on. So that's, that's pretty much how, wow. how it happened. Yeah. Firstly, look, I, this is a deeply personal story and I thank you yeah. for being so open and sharing it. Uh, you know, we want to provide a platform to folks like yourself to share their experience and how they've mm -hmm. dealt with it and finally overcome the challenges that life threw at them. And I think mm -hmm. yours is a, is, is a really great story and really inspiring. So thank you so much for, for being open and, and coming on the show. It is a funny coincidence that your Instagram handle is John can try and the show is called try athlete. Uh, we both celebrate the spirit of trying and, Mm -hmm. That's we're trying to get you know get through in our discussion here. So thanks so much about uh, yep. for, for for sharing that. Um, so going a little deeper into that, do you kind of remember the first time when you felt that you could exceed your original capacity? When did that confidence actually build? How far into the process was it? Oh, uh, it was two years into the process because um, I was just doing small races here and there and. I didn't really think I could go that far, but then um, uh, it ended up being a, a charity challenge that I ended up doing. I did the 2015 Los Angeles Marathon. I didn't think I could do it. My dad, he had a full plan. He was coaching me from 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 uh, Bremerton at the time when I was in North Carolina, um, and I was going to be a charity runner for the National Kidney Foundation since... At the time, my social work world was being a social worker in the kidney dialysis units, and I wanted to try to, you know, um, uh, represent, you know, that world and, and kind of put a feature to it. So, but halfway through, I got like a, a stress fracture on my right my right foot, and I wasn't thinking oh. that I was going to be able to do, finish the race. And then, so I didn't run for three months until the race, and then I flew over did the race my entire family was there and um from my like i remember from miles one through 15 i figured oh this was the worst idea ever i i do not know why i'm here i do not know why like i'm put in the other tent with all of these charity runners you know trying to share their stories i'm like no one should listen to me right now because this this hurts and uh um by mile 16 17 i kind of realized hey, Maybe I do have this capacity. It became a mental thing of just trying to get past that wall 
as soon as I saw my parents and my family at mile 19, I was, that was my saving grace. I saw my family just for a split second. They were all very enthusiastic. Um, and then I just went and, and finished that. And then even though afterwards I'm in a lot of pain from the marathon, I kind of realized I can do this. I, I can do a challenge that seems like the greatest thing in the world that shouldn't be accomplished. And um, it, it slowly grew to realizing this can be a metaphor for my everyday life of there are things that I can do that that's going to be hard. So there's going to be days where my hearing is down and my mental health is down, but I know that I can get through that challenge and just kind of continue to serve my patients, the community that I serve and that type of thing. And so not having a challenge, um, not having a challenge uh, kind of um, became something that, you know, helped helped me decide to have a drive to do something. So that's why I, I always like to have challenges in front of me, whether personal challenges wow. to, to kind of self, self-development and growth or physical challenges. And then that's why, I mean, now I, I've gone ahead and done triathlons, Ironmans. I learned how to do Muay Thai, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, mountain climbing, way too many things. I have a friend that, that jokes with me, like, you're, you're too good at everything. I'm, I'm not. I just like I like having challenges to to keep me motivated. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Oh my yeah. god, that's fascinating. So, you said 2 years of the process before you kind of felt the mental switch go off and and you felt more so yeah. into it. Like how did you keep motivating yourself for 2 years without uh, seeing that I, change? Yeah. I didn't. It was it was a struggle the first 2 years cuz you got to keep in mind at that time as well I'm in and out of the doctor's office and then I'm getting told things where, oh, we're making some progress. Your decibels went from your decibels went from 70 to maybe 65. Oh no, it dropped out even higher. You're at 82. We may have to consider cochlear implants or a surgery, um, which um, for, for someone who needs cochlear implants, that means you're essentially taking out the use of your ear and you're, you're, you're relying on electronic devices stronger than a hearing aid, but then moving forward, you're only ever going to hear electronic sounds. It's, it's hard to describe. You can't hear the nuance of people's voices and the emotion of, of people's voices, that type of thing. So it was hard for, during that time. And then mm-hmm. as I kind of trusted the process, kept going, and then I saw that, oh, my, my hearing is improving. Wait a second. My physical fitness is helping drive the improvement in my hearing to hold it. And then it gave me a little bit of hope that maybe I can have this life that I wanted, the career that I wanted of of having longevity. Because I always had that fear in the back of my head that the shoe's going to drop, I'm going to lose my hearing, and I can't do something that I'm passionate about, which is helping people. And um, that's something that I've that's always in the back of my mind, even to this day. Even though I've done all of these amazing things, there's always that worry that at some point my health is going to hit, and I can't do the things that I love, whether physically or like emotionally with the, with the work that I do. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. was there any trial and error involved in figuring out what makes you the most happy or was That's... it usually, you know, was it, was it a straight, straight line? Not really a straight line. There's, there's still a lot of growth. Even, even now there's still a lot of growth, a lot of trial and error to figure out things. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Obviously, like once you reach a certain plateau in your training, even if you're training for a race or even if it's training for an event, you'll reach like a certain point where everything kind of starts to stay the same and it becomes stagnant that 
you, you kind of have to switch things up for a little bit. So that's why I always like doing, doing different things. So if we're talking from a triathlon perspective here, knowing that I'm training for this one particular A race that I have, which is Ironman Maple Valley. And then I trained for that. I committed uh, a whole year to this training plan. And then I go ahead and do the race. You know, it gave me a sense of motivation, uh, a sense of pride, the camaraderie with all of the other athletes that gave me hope and, and, and a little, you know, security to do it. And then I go ahead and do the race. And then now after the race, I've accomplished this, this, you know, awesome thing. Now it's trying to figure out how do I have that structure again and then find something different that will, that will challenge me. And then also give me a sense of happiness. So it might not mm-hmm. always be triathlon. There's things that other things that I wanted to try doing, like, you know, um, getting a chance to uh, get back into other activities that is just meant for me, not for me servicing. Mm-hmm. Like, if that makes sense of me doing things because other people want me to do it, it's more of me, you know, things personal for me. So doing martial arts, learning how to mountain climb, uh, doing jujitsu, which... Yeah. Sadly, I had to kind of put a pause on since my shoulder surgery. So yeah, it's it's just a lot of things. That's what kind of motiv- motivates yeah. me there to just kind of keep my mental health in check. And so, doing all of those fun stuff along with therapy, good combo. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you touched upon the next topic I wanted to discuss, which is when you and I actually met and you spoke yeah. about the injury you you had uh, through mountain biking, which led to your shoulder surgery. So after, you know, achieving so much and training so hard and doing all these races, you ultimately didn't, you did go a little too far and injure yourself. Uh, what happened there and how have you been recovering from that? Yeah. So just to preface it, before I had the mountain bike crash, I just completed what I felt like was the greatest feat, which is the, uh, the Tour de Big Bear in Big Bear, California, which is a Grand Fondo cycling race. It is this test of endurance that can go to 70 to 100 miles with over, I think, 23 to 2,600 feet in climbing um, at high altitude. So that was my biggest challenge. I just accomplished that. And then I did mountain biking, and I I thought in my head, I know cycling. I do road cycling, which cycling and mountain biking are two completely different things. And, yeah, I crashed hard, injured myself, and... Being able to do something at such a high capacity and then having something just completely shut all of your fitness down. I had I had to rehab, not do the things that that gave me you know personal and mental joy of of you know the self care with with working out, and then had surgery in January um, of this year, which really kind of was a big challenge um, both physically and mentally because now I can't I see everyone doing their races and. Um, I see the post of, of their personal accomplishments and like, I can't really do too much. It's, it became the challenge of, can I put my shirt on without any pain? And that now I have to start back at square one, which is when, when I met with you at, um, at that potluck, yeah, it was, I was just in the beginning stages of trying to get back to recovery. And, um, it was, you know, the camaraderie of other people of, um, their support and motivation, just knowing that. Well, this is now going to be your, your new your new race for this year of just recovering. That's all. I, I there's no personal challenge. Nothing. It's just recover, get back to your foundation, and then you can kind of go from there. So, so you mentioned a lot about the camaraderie and the community, um, but it looks like you're a really positive person intrinsically as well. So, when you're in a sort of a bit of a down moment, uh, maybe after the injury or recovering, how mm-hmm. much of this is 
intrinsic mindset versus support you take from the community to to get out of it? Uh, it's about I'd say about sixty forty sixty intrinsic you know um uh, mindset and then forty percent of it is just going to be the motivation that I get not just from like the community but my my family close friends that type of thing mm-hmm. um but yeah uh it's interesting that you say that you in your view when you when you see me I'm always inherently positive with with me and my mental health it's a bit of an up and down uh there are times that i'm i'm not too positive and yeah uh, mm-hmm. uh so um it it becomes a personal challenge here so it's it's a bit of that and then it's also a bit of um personal motivation to kind of get past get get past that cuz if i if i go down that rabbit hole of feeling down or or uh depressed i'm i'm not coming out like it it takes a lot of work and it's a lot mm-hmm. of hard work and and support to kind of to do that so thanks for thinking that that i'm inherently positive but yeah it's uh it's a lot of work to get to keep that to do it yeah i mean look uh, you and i have interacted a bunch and i've never had even a hint that you know uh mm-hmm. these were the challenges that you were facing or that you know social interactions were not the most uh natural to you i think you come across mm-hmm. as an extrovert super confident uh super positive so i think yeah. you know, kudos to you for for maintaining that um mm-hmm. so yeah interesting and and how does your future look in terms of the next type of challenges you're putting for yourself so what is john trying to do 2024 <laughs> 2025 2024 2025 um well i Right now, it's still the challenge of um, getting my shoulder fully to 100%. It's right now it's sitting at 70%, 80%. I still can't raise it overhead, like you know um, that uh, if you're seeing on the camera there. But um, yeah, it's just getting mm-hmm. there so I can start doing the activities. I'm I'm now boxing again, so seeing can I, you know, for next year, the goal that I've always wanted to do is just train and do a jiu-jitsu tournament. I want to get back on the mat and do it in a safe way, so that'll be the challenge. And then also um for 2024 yeah I just want to get back into triathlon. Um I I made the mistake of halfway through my recovery doing a super sprint thinking oh it's just 0.25 mile swim I can I can be okay. It wasn't cuz that competitive edge got into me and I went full blast on the swim. As soon as I got out of the water my shoulder was just crying in pain and I barely survived that. And then um I'm able to still run and running is the only thing that's giving me peace right now cuz I can do that at 100%. And luckily you're you're you had him on an earlier episode but Santiago uh gave me a huge honor of of asking for me to join him and his son on their on their relay and uh I went ahead and did that and it was although it was it was painful it was it was very rewarding just to see Santiago Santiago and their his son kind of accomplish that and I'm just glad to be a small part of that just to help them in in their accomplishment there. Yeah. That was a really heartwarming story honestly to see Santiago and his son firstly and then you coming back from injury tying oh, yeah. it up with the run. I think it was just just an amazing community moment I feel. Um and you know based on your experience actually I my wife and I might end up doing a relay. She's not into tri sports or anything of that nature but knowing that there is a relay possible uh we might end up doing like a short sprint. Uh, relay that'd between the two of us and if somebody else yeah. would join yeah <laughs> that that'd be awesome and and yeah. like and at the finish line to have santiago there waiting and then he's at the finish line puts the medal on me and we just have a hug at the finish line and i was like that was the coolest moment ever i don't think there's anything that can top that race moment so yeah that that'll be top of the list for for a very long time wow that's yeah. amazing 
Cool. So uh, any advice for folks uh, trying to get into this kind of lifestyle? Yeah, yeah. it's it, for folks listening. Obviously, this is a very triathlon centric uh, um, uh, podcast here. Uh, but in terms of just any general fitness and goals for yourself, make you know it's going to be a personal story for each person and make sure it's something that is going to keep you happy. So if it's triathlon, awesome. It, start in small baby steps. Work your way up to your first, you know, sprint triathlon or anything else just to kind of get a feel for it. And you don't need to have the fanciest tech ever to to do your first race. Enjoy the moment, enjoy the camaraderie with other people. You will find the friendliest people at the start line cheering each other on and and kind of giving each other, you know, positive feedback there. And then slowly grow from there because uh, it the nice thing about any endurance sport, whether it's running, triathlon, or or swimming, um, swimming and biking, like individual disciplines, you can always start small. And as your growth um, kind of goes into the sport, I feel like your personal personal growth in, in terms of mental health or things like that will grow with it. And it's just a matter of you know taking your time with it. There's gonna be times you're gonna get setbacks, injuries lulls in training things that are gonna feel kind of hard but trust me just getting past that you'll you'll continue to kind of have the growth and and uh kind of have that positive impact from it and if it's not triathlon you can take that mindset i i think in in anything else whether you're doing things um like running your first race you can take it into that mindset doing things like mountain climbing mountain biking even jujitsu, just knowing that you're getting on the mat and you're doing your first role, learning how to do the basics there. As you grow in that particular activity that gives you immense joy, the mental health, it'll slowly grow with work that you're doing. So it's always constant work. It's never something that you're you're going to finish. Enjoy the journey is basically a long story short of what I want to say with that. The journey is where the important part is. It's not the end destination. Great words. I think that's a great note on which to Mm -hmm. uh, end this podcast. Uh, Thank you so much, Jonathan. Your story is really, really inspiring and uh, loved having you on the show. And hopefully I'll see you in a race sometime. Thanks. And I can't wait to see you at the start line, man. So thanks for having me. And I really enjoyed this discussion. Yeah.